Hey everyone, Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Hey, everybody. If you want to tell the world something or sell the world something, head on over to Squarespace because they're going to help you build the website of your dreams. Say you want to sell some custom merch. Well, you can set up your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com slash stuff right now and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code stuff and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash stuff today for details. <laughs> hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me is Chuckles Bryant. How's it going, Chuck? I was chuckling. Yeah. I think that might have gotten caught. Yeah, I think that was an apropos um, nickname. Yeah. Jerry's funny like that. Yeah. She made me laugh. I know. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 do this, shall we? Yes. Where's your awesome setup? Uh, my awesome setup is as follows, Chuck. Are you? Do you consider yourself a happy person? Yes, I do. Well, then, Chuck, you may be dumb. Really? Yeah. How so? Well, there's this long-standing question of whether or not there is a negative correlation between intelligence and happiness. Take one, Ernest <laughs> Hemingway. He said something along the lines of, oh, I don't know, happiness in intelligent people is the rarest thing I know. I'll one-up you. Oh, bring it, buddy. Charles de Gaulle reportedly said, happy people are idiots. Did he really? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he meant the medical classification of days gone by, idiots. I think he just meant, you know. Idiots. Mouth breathers. I've got one that's going to even top your Charles de Gaulle one. Okay. Charlton Heston said, you can pry my gun from my cold, dead hand. Yeah, he sure did. Yep. Was he happy? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Happiness is a warm gun. That's what uh, Paul McCartney said. And the breeders. Man, we could just quote like song lyrics and people all day. <laughs> let's just do it. And end up with no result. Okay. So, uh, well, let's talk about this, Chuck. Is there a, a negative correlation between intelligence and happiness? I mean, if you think about it in your own experience... I, I, you can make the case that ignorance is bliss, that kind sure. of thing, that, uh, it, you're, you're happier when you don't know about something bad that's already happened to you. Yeah. Than you are after you get the news, but that really has nothing to do with intellect. Well, does it though? This no. one, this whole thing is kind of fraught with questions for me. Okay. Like, is it emotional intelligence? We're talking about ignorance. Like, when I think, and you don't want to use the words like stupid, you know. I know Jerry says that schools don't like uh, to use that word. And it's, schools it's a, poo-poo the word stupid. Yeah, it's a pretty negative word, I'll admit. And people that don't score well on high, uh, well on IQ tests, I mean, that means nothing about how smart they are. It's like I think it has to do more with emotional intelligence. And like when I think of dumb, I think and happy, I think of like the dude 
sitting there picking his belly button, like laughing his head off at America's Funniest Home Videos. Would you call him intelligent? I don't know. I kind of link that as one of the dummies out there, but I'm jealous of that because I watch that show in my... And I just, I can't sit still. It's just so awful. But some people think it's the funniest thing ever. I think it's kind of funny. And they seem really happy. You know, a guy gets kicked in the groin and everyone gets a good laugh and he falls on his face. And, you know, Beavis and Butthead, they were idiots. They were always laughing and happy. And you couldn't laugh at that show either? No, it was funny. Okay. But I was laughing at their idiocy. I would consider you a pretty... I I don't know if intellectual is the right word, but definitely no. intelligent. I would consider you an intelligent person, but I'm not intellectual in the least. You no. know that. But you're so. But I would also, I would say you're fairly happy. Yeah. But I could see you happier. Well, moods come and go, buddy. Okay. <laughs> but you're saying you think you're generally a positive, happy person. Yeah, I, I'd say generally I'm a pretty happy person, uh, barring you know I'm I'm moody as well, but that's that's in the genes. So. Your questions as to this, these articles are um, like, is intelligence emotional intelligence or intellectual intelligence? Right. I think what they're talking about specifically is um, mental intelligence. Right, like book smarts? Sure. Or I think you could make a case that street smarts comes out of intellect as well. Can you? I can. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to here, but I could if I wanted to. Well, I think technically they've they've done some studies that said there is no direct link between happiness and actual intelligence, right? Yeah. Let's let's put some substance into this podcast. Yeah, seriously, we can speculate all day. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, officially, what they say is there is no link. That's the official line on that. And thank you uh, for coming and listening to this one. <laughs> yeah. No, there isn't any uh, any. Well, actually, that's not true because I found a study. Okay. Um, Hit me. I found a study on the Freakonomics blog. Actually, there's a couple. He, he drew uh, data from a, a study of 14,000 people. That's pretty good. And they were given, yeah, it's a pretty good sample. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were given a vocabulary test, uh-huh. and then they were giving an analytical reasoning skills test. And the people in the top third consistently also reported being happiest. And le- the they were less likely to be very unhappy. Right. Well, the then you have in to the, get into what happy is and all that stuff. Not only here's here's the big problem. This is the problem with everything. Yes, this is here is our problem. Okay, no one actually knows what happiness is. It's True. a subjective experience. Yeah, or if it even exists, I've seen a couple of people posit that. The problem is, and here's the catch twenty two: all the people who are thinking about happiness are intelligent. Right. If you're intelligent or if you're not intelligent, you're probably not thinking about happiness. You're just happy. Right. So the the whole field of the study of happiness shoots itself in the foot every time it opens its mouth. True. Because it's all smart people trying to figure out what happiness is. And I can't think of anything that could make you unhappier than that. True. So let's just stop doing this immediately. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Well, we can talk about some little correlations here and there. I know that one uh, researcher was talking about how our educational system doesn't really... You know, they tend to separate the, the intelligent ones. So, in other words, early on in schooling, uh, the the really really smart kids are oftentimes segregated and uh, put in special classes. Sure. Sometimes even special magnet schools. Yeah, they're not picked first on the kickball team. Uh, they're outcast in some ways because they're smart. And does that lead to happiness? Probably not. Yeah, that yeah. There's too many uh, externalities that that you can't really account for. Exogenous factors. Yes, nice. <laughs> wow, you have quite a memory, my friend. It's a recall from our super stuffed guide to the economy. A- another problem with trying to define happiness is every study of happiness is a survey, 
it's all self-reporting. Right. True. And I can't remember. It's, it rings a bell that you had said, like, um, we talked about this before, and you had said something along the lines of, um, it depends on when you take that kind of test. Was oh, that yeah, you? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, if, if somebody tested you right now, how would you test in, as far as the life satisfaction scale or happiness quotient goes? Well, geez, that's tough. I mean, like, right this minute. Well, I'm in a pretty rotten mood today. Exactly. But I wouldn't, what about yesterday? But I wouldn't call that, I wouldn't chart that on the life happiness scale. But don't scale. you think that the mood that you're in when you're taking a, a, when you're taking a look, a survey on your life is going to influence everything? I would like to think that I would be able to step outside of that, but how can it not? You're right. Yeah. So, so the whole fact that it's all self-reported. Right. I mean, self-reported data is almost always discarded in every other area of science. Yeah, that's true. It's it's anecdotal. Well, that's because this isn't really scientific, if you think about it. No, it's not. And let's talk about something that's not scientific. It's a field, a new subdiscipline called positive psychology. Uh, yes, that would be um, Martin uh, uh, Seligman. Yeah, and you get the impression by the fact that his name is associated with uh, something as ridiculously hippie-sounding as positive psychology, yeah, that he's a crackpot. Sure. Uh, he is not, in fact. He's a Ph.D. Uh, he runs uh, the Center, uh, I think, uh, for Authentic Happiness or something like that, at the University of Pennsylvania. So he's bona fide. Yeah, he was the president of the APA, too. So Yeah, and no actually slouch. he dedicated their millennial issue to positive psychology while he was president there. Cool. It was cool, but it was also pretty self-serving. Right, and... Uh I'm sure he had his Birkenstocks on. I'm quite sure at too. the time. Um, but the whole field of positive psychology is basically um, they're exploring uh, interventions, and an intervention is any kind of treatment in the field of psychology, right? Right. They're exploring basically what positive psychology is saying is. I read a quote in an article about it uh, by another positive psychologist who said. Uh, psychology is very good at getting people from negative eight to zero, right? But it hasn't learned how to get people from zero to eight, interesting, to positive eight, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's absolutely true. But at the same time, I mean, like, are you supposed to get people to to positive eight? You know, I think right. about that. There's some real ethical questions that are raised. Let's say that we develop some sort of um, pharmacopsychiatric pill that can make a normal person happy, right? Should that person take that pill? I mean, we've already established as a society a baseline, which is zero. Uh And anybody below that is suffering from a mental illness and deserves treatment to get back to zero. Why should we accelerate our our happiness? And and in doing so, are we we edging out real experiences, e.g. the negative? Right. I mean, life is full of both, right? Right. But are you going to bring that home with the the smart, or intelligent, or dumb, stupid thing, or does that fall into the ignorance is bliss category? I I don't know. I don't know how to categorize that, man. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, no. I, I was actually going to go into um another kind of contrary therapy. All right, let's hear it. Well, I'm I don't know. You want to talk some more about positive psychology? No, no, no. That's good. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll continue on then. Uh, have you heard of uh? What is it? Acceptance and commitment therapy? I have not, actually. See, I have a leg up on you. I have to tell everybody. I've written a bunch of articles on happiness recently, Uh and poor Chuck's been writing nothing but social media stuff. Which is unhappy. If this were about Twitter, (laughs) I'd be sitting here silently. Yeah, I would too, actually. (laughs) Would you? Yeah. Um, There's a a contrary uh, field of therapy uh, to positive psychology. It's called acceptance and commitment therapy. Uh And basically it says... 
like, look, you have good and bad experiences. You can't just focus on the happy ones. Right. Because you still have these negative experiences. You can't just crush them down or else you're going to end up climbing a, a clock tower and shooting people. I believe in that for sure. Right. So this, this therapy basically says what you do is you go back and uh, uh, I've got a perfect example for you. When I was like five or six, we went to this KOA campground. Oh, yeah. And I had like this awesome Pac-Man T-shirt. Uh-huh. Uh, it had like it was it had the red ring around the neck and the sleeves. Yeah. And it was just like I think an iron-on Pac-Man, right? Sure. And uh, I decided to stuff a pack of uh, firecrackers down the front of my shirt. Stole them uh-huh. and got away with it, right? And my family was traveling back from this campground, and we made it to uh, Wendy's and stopped to eat. Okay. And I got up to go to the bathroom and. The the firecrackers, I was too scared to do anything with them. I just left them in my shirt for two hours. Sure. And so when I stood up, my fat stomach pressed them up against the Pac-Man shirt. It made this crinkling <laughs> sound. And my mom immediately looked at me. And somehow, she's so intuitive, uh-huh. she looked at me and was like, what's in your shirt? And that was that. That was so bad. Like It was, it was right around my birthday. Face. They took me home and showed me like all the He-Man stuff I wasn't going to be getting for my birthday that year. Uh, and they made me take it back. And take the firecrackers to the guy. We turned around and went back. Classic move. Yeah. It took the firecrackers back to the guy, right. and I had to apologize. Right? I thought you were going to say they lit the firecrackers in, under your shirt. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, push, put them in my shirt and push me back into the <laughs> right. store at the KOA campground. Right. Um, so that, that was something that definitely contributed to my outlook today. Like it's like it's still very much in my mind. Right. And I wonder like just how much of that forms my personality. Sure. Like how much guilt from that. So under uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, basically I or anybody else would look at that and say, really, okay, you stole a pack of firecrackers when you were six and you felt bad about it your whole life. Now that you're 32, is it really that bad? So you're basically becoming conscious. Right. Of you, these experiences that are contributing to your outlook on life, that just right. accumulate all this crap, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely subscribe more to ACT than to positive psychology, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I th- me too, for sure. My shrink is uh, real big on that. But just from a practical standpoint, it's not, I've never even heard him use those words. It just makes sense to me. It's practical. Sure. As opposed to Emily's always talking about people that bliss out and that sometimes she <laughs> wishes that? she has has that quality to just bliss out and like, you know, leave it up to the cosmos or uh, Christians say they'll just leave it up to God and, and let him take care of it. And, you know, that's that's awesome if you can if you can do that. But are you dealing with it? It's a great question, Chuck. The problem is we always say on this podcast to each his own. So if that is how you deal with life and it's working for you, fantastic. Well, yeah. I can't do it any more than you or Emily can. Right. But if that means that you end up on the couch just laughing your uh, head off, like I said, it. America's funny in some videos. I'm trying to think of something worse than that. To me, Saved by the li- Bell? Saved by the Bell? It's pretty bad. Okay. Let's go with that. Okay. I then, find that uh, show mortifyingly embarrassing. It is. And I still can't watch. I just can't stop watching. It's like a yeah. train wreck. Do you remember the show Hey Dude? No. It's a Nickelodeon show on no. a dude ranch. Was it bad? It was sort of like Saved by the Bell, but on a dude ranch and worse. That if is, you can imagine that's that. innovative right there. Yeah. So anyway, if that, if that's your end result and that's in your, and you're on the couch picking your, uh, boogers and eating them and you're smiling, laughing, <laughs> then who are we to say, you know, whether or not ignorance is bliss or blissing out is the right way to go? Although possibly you should lay off the dope. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Doritos are in the mixer somewhere. So I guess the answer to this question, Chuck, are uh, stupid people happier? 
The answer is we don't know. And whether you think that that's uh, the case or not would definitely depend on whatever self-reported anecdotal survey you read. Right. I think it's interesting. I, this is the one I want people to log on uh, to the blog when I do my Friday recap. I'd like to hear about this. I'd like to hear some opinions. Calling out. I'm asking for it. Awesome. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. So, Josh, this was a cool one. Uh, remember on our Body Farms podcast how toward the end you said something about the lies perpetrated by CSI, the television show? Yeah, I love this email. This is really interesting. Dude. Yes, dude, indeed. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my firsthand experience of the lies perpetrated by TV in general and CSI specifically. Five years ago, my wife was carjacked, robbed, and assaulted. She escaped by her her own wits and strength. Her attacker had been smoking a cigarette during the attack. They fought over a knife uh, he had that he had to her throat, and he cut her hands deeply. She pulled the cigarette from his mouth and tried to burn him with it, but it failed. Which is that's a great movie move, you know. Sure, yeah. turn it on him. Uh, after she escaped, and the police found the car, they found the cigarette butt with her blood on the filter. Under the blood, they found his saliva, pulled the DNA from it, and found him in the. CODIS databank, which mm-hmm. is the combined DNA index system. Or as they call it, the bad guy databank. Exactly. Uh, which is maintained by the FBI. Sure. Uh, she went through the lineup at the local precinct where they made the arrest. The grand jury uh, got the indictment. The trial happened, complete with a dramatic, that's the man who did it moment, and sentencing. After the case was closed, it was submitted by the county forensics chief and accepted by the FBI to be featured at that year's CODIS conference in D.C., During every phase of the process, we were amazed at how much TV had lied to us about the process. The actual working of the system is so unlike what you see on television as to be unrecognizable. (laughs) During the conference, they openly spoke of the CSI effect. So it's basically these cops and forensics guys actually talk about how that show is damaging uh, their work. They're lying liars. They're lying liars. And uh, how the public has been influenced so much by these uh, shows. So... Basically, he hates those shows, and he found it to be a lot of bunk. I did converse with him a couple more times via email, and he uh, felt a lot of responsibility because he left his wife in a running car oh. with the heat on and the radio on while he ran in to get uh, ice cream. Oh, Lord. Them. And this is when And then happened. she was attacked? And he had to say that in court, and he said, which made him feel like more of a jerk. Yeah. Then she was attacked, and uh, 
He said it was just like a TV show, except all the details of how it really goes down. Sure. But so it's the drama like, was all there. Yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer is systematically undermining the law enforcement community. Pretty cool. But she fought him off, and this guy turns yeah. out had a rap sheet of like rape and rape and murder. Oh. And they wow. couldn't get him on the murder charge because something had happened. I can't remember. So he ended up going to prison for twenty five to life. He's and in the pokey. In the pokey. In the who scout. And the family of the raped and murder girl. Uh, got closure and, you know, we're at the trial, at this lady's trial. That's, wow. So thank you, Christopher, for that harrowing tale. Seriously, I think uh, they should get t-shirts. You think so? Yeah, dude. That's actually, you know, you went through this, we'll give you a t-shirt. That's well, almost insulting. like the least we can do. I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, it sounds insulting. We should if, knit her a t-shirt. You, you Yeah, exactly. You you narrowly averted death by your own wits, right. and you, we'll give you a t-shirt for yeah. that. We sure. should make a t-shirt. We should knit it. Well, Christopher, if you want to send us yours uh, and your wife's um, t-shirt sizes and address, we will make sure that those go out to you. Uh, again, it's the least we can do. No insult intended. No, just a show of, of uh, support for bringing us this email yeah and if you have a harrowing tale of survival uh a near miss with death um or if you've run into any bad guys lately let us know and you can send that in an email to stuff podcast at howstuffworks.com for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com want more how stuff works Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code stuff. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today.